Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Holy cats, we're back after what may have been the shortest hiatus in Soundcast history. Hello. Welcome. I'm Mark Hershon, this show's original host, then executive producer, and now sort of co-host for season four of what we're now calling Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. First off, if you're wondering what's happened to host Tyson Saner, worry not. He'll be here in a moment so we can have a little chat to fill you in on what our plan is for this crazy locked down season four. And he'll be back every other week, switching off with me to bring you a fresh batch of succotash, meaning clips from a wide variety of comedy sound casts and also some interviews each and every week. That's our plan anyway. You can see how we do and rate us appropriately on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the Laughable App, and anywhere else fine sound casts are streamed and or downloaded. Before we bring Tyson in, let me tell you what soundcasts will be featuring this episode. We've got clips from the Ron Burgundy podcast, Shooters Gotta Shoot, the Canon Canon, and the Monster Party soundcast. Plus, somewhere in the middle of all that, we have a quick revisit with Phil Lernis, co-host of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. If you're thinking you just heard from Phil, you're right. He was the last guest of the last episode of the previous season of Succotash. Oh, by the way, this episode is also sponsored by Henderson's Pants, Turtleneck Slacks. Let's get Succotash co-host Tyson Saner in here, and then we'll get to our bouquet of fragrant soundcast clips. I'm speaking with the Succotash, former host, now co-host, in a sense, or by hosts, or duo hosts, Tyson Saner. Hmm. Hello, Tyson. Hello. Well, I thought I we were saying, going on hiatus. That was my understanding. And then we got stuck on in quarantine. <laughs> quarantine, yes. I think this is a first in my lifetime, having uh, this kind of situation occur. That's what led us to this brainstorm of uh, resurrecting Succotash before the body was even cold. Joe Polino, our engineer, is uh, on board. We've got Bill Haywatt back out of mothballs already. Doesn't even have the stink on him yet. First of all, Tyson, congratulations. We've made it to season four. Thank you. Congratulations to you as well. But for season, season four, we're introducing this as Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. I like that. I believe you may have talked a little bit about this in episode 200. The reasoning for this is that the listenership, since the isolation has begun, has begun to fall. Of uh, sound, soundcasts sound in general. Yes. Three weeks ago, it was down 8%. My assumption understanding is it has fallen more. I think we can look at the idea that people are not engaging in their usual activities that they would normally be listening to soundcasts. They're not out jogging, biking driving to work, riding the subway, riding the bus, what have you. And mm. one would think, well, they're at home. They could listen to all the soundcasts they want. 
but that's not happening. So, yes, as uh, as Succotash was originally conceived, it was to increase the popularity of comedy soundcasts, and now it seems like, gosh darn it, the industry needs us again, Tyson. Well, who were we not to attempt to step up to the plate to fill that role? Yes, as the saying goes, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm. I like to think we've been chosen. Of course, we've chosen ourselves, but I think that's relevant. I would agree. So here's the plan. Again, our conversations will be brief because uh, the new version of Succotash Shut-In will be brief. We are going to be attempting to present half-hour programs once a week, dropping regularly, uh, shooting for Tuesdays, and Tyson and I will switch off hosting duties so we can manage... uh, all the work that it takes to wrangle soundcast clips and interviews, we'll still continue to do those, but they'll all be under the one blanket title of Succotash Shut-In because the people we interview will also be in a similar boat. We will attempt to provide perhaps three to four clips per half-hour show or an interview by itself or a short interview in a clip or two. We'll see how it all fits in. There's no set format beyond that. I'm pretty excited about helping people out. And I think this is a way to let them listen to, as we always have, a sampling of comedy soundcasts that are out there and allowing them to figure out what would they like to listen to more. Absolutely. It gives them a bit of a, a direction, perhaps. A place if they found us, then we're giving them at least three other choices they could be listening to. So, Tyson, you've been uh, hosting the show now for several years and doing a a fairly long format as I did. And so this will be a little bit different for both of us. Any anticipation going into uh, that particular change? Uh, I like the idea of bringing in something that's kind of a, a I don't want to say a micro version, but a definitely a, um, I think it's a new, it's a new beast. It's a, it, it's a Succotash Jr. kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's like a, like the Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers to the Bacon Cheeseburger or the whatever it is. It's the, it's still basically the same thing. It's, there's just less of it. Indeed. Although, there's more of it because we've been presenting shows almost once every, I'm going to say once a month for a while. And now we're going to be doing once a week. Oh, that's true. Yes. So it'll be both less and more. <laughs> both less and more. And the reason we're not calling it Succotash Junior is because people might think it's for their kids. We are also going to, uh, for the first time ever, try to actually get real sponsors for the show. Wow. And why not? We're both, uh, like everybody else, uh, sort of tremulous what what may come in terms of income and how long things will extend and things like that. So if we, we literally now need to raise money to keep the lights on mm-hmm. <laughs> before this it was all basically coming out of my pocket and through the good graces of Tyson, who is hosting, uh, for an honorarium, uh, it's, it's high time that he get paid for his services. So we'll be beating the bushes to find, uh, some sponsors and uh, we're looking forward to bringing you the uh, the all-new Succotash shut-in, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. Hear, hear. And listen, listen. Very good. So there you go. Tyson and I will be doing our part to help fan the flame of soundcasting during these uncertain times by giving you a place to listen in on a few minutes of some specially curated content. Then it's up to you to decide if you want to start downloading full episodes of those shows for your own listening pleasure. Let's get into the clips. First up, Will Ferrell is now into his second season, reprising the role of Ron Burgundy, made famous from the Anchorman movies, in an iHeart radio production called the Ron Burgundy Podcast. 
Assisted by his ever-suffering assistant, Carolina Barlow, it seems that Ron may never quite realize that this isn't actually a radio show that he's doing. He frequently has guests on, some real, some fictional, but in a recent episode entitled From Lassie to Jesus, he and Carolina have the studio to themselves, and Ron is set to tell us all about the top 10 people he'd like to meet in heaven. Our clips from the top of the show, just because I find Farrell so funny, even before he gets to the premise of the show. Here you go. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Ron Burgundy, and I'm an exceptional man. About a year ago, another wonderful man named Mitch Palbon came out with a very popular book called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. And although I didn't read the book, it was a big-time bestseller. I prefer saucier stuff when I read. I like historical novels about lords and ladies and body winches and swordplay. I do. I like swordplay in my fiction, and I like comely lasses, too. I also like thought-provoking literature about the Roman times. I'm a bit of a scholar when it comes to the Roman times. Did you know that they didn't refer to the Roman times as the Roman times in the Roman times? They didn't. They called them the now times, just like we do now. Isn't that funny? Uh, oh, yes. Ron. Yes, Carolina is here as always. She's my partner in crime for these entertaining talky talks we do called podcasts. Hello there, old friend. Were you going to tell people what today's show is all about? Nonsense. It's about nonsense, like it is every week. I'm going to talk and talk and talk until it's all over, and then I'm going to walk to my car, take a nap in my car, and then drive to a supermarket and get a bottle of scotch. From there, I'll head home so I can lounge on my balcony in the nude, drinking scotch until I pass out. At some point, I will eat a steak. You told me there was a theme to today's show, though. I did? Oh, so I did. It was the book by Mitch Gablon called Five People You Gotta Meet in Heaven. Well, guess what, Carolina? We are going to beat this Ganton guy, and we're going to talk about not five, but ten people I would like to meet in heaven. That's twice what that guy talked about. So today's episode is going to be about the ten people we would like to meet in heaven? That's right. And I, I think everyone has a short list of people uh, throughout history that they would like to meet when they finally get to heaven. I mean, I, don't you, Carolina? I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't yeah. make I mean, one. You, you probably could make I mean, let's be clear. Heaven's not just going to be about meeting people. There will be tennis courts and poolside bars with all-you-can-eat buffets with tacos and make-your-own-ice-cream sundays. There will be movie nights and meet-and-greet socials and Katie Hawkins dances and let's not forget world-class... Sadie Hawkins dance, you mean? Uh, yeah, Sadie or Katie. Depends on what part of the country you're from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, let's not forget, in heaven, there's going to be world-class entertainment along with 24-7 gaming rooms and the beds. Don't get me started on the beds. The thread count on the sheets in heaven will be simply the best. I'm guessing Egyptian cotton. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe Macy's, or maybe they get a discounted Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe the angels make the sheets in heaven. You know what, Carolina? What? You just don't know. You don't. That's what That's what I know. You just don't know. You don't know much about heaven except that it will be pure luxury. Oh, Carolina, you know what I would love to have in my bathroom up in heaven? No. One of those shower nozzles that hits you like 35 different ways right in the butthole and the donker. I've always wanted one of those. How about you? What kind of shower would you like in heaven? Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I mean, I guess I would like 
it to work when I turn it on. And? And I guess it would be great if the hot water didn't cut out all of a sudden. Come on, Carolina. Dream a little. It's heaven we're talking about. I mean, I like good water pressure. But what what about 35 jets of high power water hitting your boobies and your butt? Um, sure. I guess I would like that. Now we're talking, huh? There's a taste of the Ron Burgundy podcast available from the source, iHeartRadio, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other Soundcast outletteries. The Shooters Gotta Shoot Soundcast features comedian Erica Spira and businesswoman Molly Demillier, both former NCAA athletes who know how to get what they want, except according to the show's official website, when it comes to men. Telling it like it is, with a generous dollop of humor thrown in, they explore the complicated, frustrating, and bizarre realities of dating as headstrong 20-something women in New York City. And they have guests. Recently, that included comedian Frances Ellis, whom you can also catch on Soundcast's Barstool Sports and Bro Bible, who came on to discuss the five love languages. In this clip, they're talking about rings. The way that this is going is, you know, I can help you make this better. Oh, yikes. Oh, that's just a dagger in the heart. Yeah. Oh, damn. I know someone who she put conditions on, like, when it happened because, like where she was working at the time like basically she knew this proposal was coming right yeah so she was like this yeah and she was like this month for me is insane and she was like please just like don't make it at this time like let it be when we get through this stuff and that was it because she was like basically i can't start planning a wedding when i have all this other shit i need to do yeah i was like i think that's fair or uh my college roommate just got engaged and she actually was someone she gave absolutely no things on the ring she was like Clearly, you know my taste by now. I've been together like four years, five years. And she also was like, because I didn't want to say something. And then they go and like the price tag of the thing. And then I was like, oh, that looks nice. Was insane. Like yeah. she was like, that's fully up to you. That's that's your gift mm-hmm. to me and whatever you want to do and are comfortable. And then she said the same thing of me. If she was like, when, if and when that happens, the I would like it to be just us two. And we have like a moment and mm-hmm. maybe a day or two that like not everybody knows. And it's just us. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big thing was he wanted to propose at a certain time. And then his mom was like, you can't propose till after your brother's wedding. Like oh. He was like, you can't take any thunder away. Thunder. So this guy actually had a ring for like much longer, but it was like, the mom was just like, if you're at the wedding and everyone's asking you about your engagement and stuff. And she's like, it's not that your brother would care, but it's just a little bit rude. Like it yeah. kind of was like, wait till their whole marriage train is kind of done. And the attention's off them to be like, okay, now everyone can be like, oh, congrats to. Do you guys agree with that? That that's rude though, for them to show up to a wedding engaged? Oh, it's definitely rude if you get engaged, like, at, at- the f- wedding weekend. Oh, yeah, but, insane. like, I say, like, personally. three months before you show up with a ring, it's like, are people really going to care? Or are they just going to be happy for everybody? Uh, if I it was my <laughs> wedding, I wouldn't care. Yeah. But I understood the mom's perspective of being like, ah, let's just have a little break. Yeah. Maybe indirectly the mom was just like, yeah, we're just about to spend a lot of money. Give us a little, <laughs> a little that could bit be. of time. That could be. Between the next one yeah is that crazy like do you feel like the girl shouldn't even be like oh i like a square cut or a circle cut or whatever they're uh you know that's a great question that is a great question shouldn't you feel like i know you i know you enough by now i would know what you like and also they cost differently based on cut a little bit right hold on a second all of that is neither here nor there because what you just said is in and of itself a paradox how can you know what someone wants for a ring preference without asking them true and then they give you the answer do you know what i mean Uh, yeah true you said like 
is it okay for a girl to say i want a square cut or a solid whatever yeah mm-hmm. or should the guy just know well, it's like well how the hell how the hell would i know Without asking. Well, some people are offended even with like Christmas gifts if you were like, oh, this is what I would like. Some people weirdly, not weirdly, some people just like to be like, I thought of this thing fully me and it's my gift. I think there's there's a a line. I think it's like, okay, if, you know, you, you shouldn't go fucking ring shopping together. A lot of people do that. See, a lot I of know. People do. I don't yeah. think that, you know, you should go into a store and do that. But mm-hmm. if. If uh, you were to say, well, like, what do you think about this ring or whatever? Mm -hmm. And you were able to glean a sense of what she might like. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in the end, too, like, I I hate to say this. You can have your opinion as much as you want. I just think, like, if you spend $30,000 or more on a ring, she's going to be happy. (laughs) Which is why I think the whole thing is bullshit. Well, well, you think that, but uh, I mean... Let's put it this way, right? I do a joke about this, where I say, like, the woman always gets the ring, and then they always say, he did such a good job. Yeah. Which, to me, is so stupid, because... All doing a good job really means like I've never heard a, a woman who received a fifty thousand dollar ring be like you know I wish he had done it a little better or like put in more effort or listen to me more mm, you yeah. know the only people who are like not doing a good job I assume are people who just aren't spending enough. Available everywhere your finer soundcasts show up. Grab yourself a serving of Shooters Got to Shoot. By the way, and just so you know. We'll never leave you hanging here at Succotash. You can visit our home site at SuccotashShow.com, where you'll find a bloggish rundown of the shows we're featuring in this episode. You can click on their titles to get to their home sites and click on the host names to check out their Twitch streams. So how about that? We'll be back with a quick mini chat with Phil Larness, co-host of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with TV's Dean Hagland, And he also brings you the Los Angeles Breakfast Club on the air soundcast. We've also got a couple of more soundcast clips, but first, this important message from one of our fine sponsors. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Henderson's Turtleneck Slacks. If you're a gentleman of proportion who tends to leave nothing to the imagination whenever you squat down, or if you've ever been mistaken for a bike rack just by bending over to tie your shoe... Maybe it's time to consider checking out a pair of Henderson's turtleneck slacks. Where most pants end at the waistline, Henderson's turtleneck slacks are just getting started. You get a generous three inches of ribbed cotton fabric that both gives and supports where it counts, the gut and buttocks. What's more, there's no need to worry about whether your belt matches your shoes. With Henderson's turtleneck slacks, you just pull them up And forget them. The ingenious turtleneck waist keeps your pants in place. And even if you have to jump around, we guarantee you'll never show anything so much as an inch of butt crack or sliver of that ample full moon. It's always tucked away safe and sound in your Henderson's turtleneck slacks. Originally designed for plumbers, construction workers, and priests... You can now pick up a pair of Henderson's turtleneck slacks wherever fine pantaloons are sold. And now, back to Succotash. They 
This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archive daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. Joining me now is the uh, last guest of season three of Succotash, Phil Ernest. Yes, Mark, the first guest of season four, and uh, for a very simple reason. Tyson Sainer didn't tell me that I could go home. <laughs> well, you'll be free right after this, so sorry to keep you. This is kind of a surprise, actually, season four. We knew we were coming back in some way, shape, or form. We thought it would be months from now, and instead it's two weeks after the, <laughs> the conclusion of the last episode, which you were on. But uh, this is what Netflix does, right? I mean, Netflix takes these shows like Full House, like Succotash, and uh, brings you a new season that you didn't know you wanted, let alone needed. That's right. So this is a bit of a reboot for, for Succotash, it, mainly because I'm coming back as co-host of the show. And uh, Tyson and I are going to switch off uh, every other episode to make sure we can bring it to people on a once-a-week basis, which Succotash has never delivered on that promise since we started. I like that you were away from hosting duties just long enough for the uh, for the facelift to settle. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you come back looking 15 years younger. Thank you. I also had a vocal cord lift, which doesn't show, but hopefully you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You were actually going to need calf implants to be able to lift those vocal cords. If, I, don't I don't even know what that means. This has gone so wrong. It has. It has. That sound you hear is people uh, seeking out different podcasts. That's w which we're providing them the samples. They can figure out which ones to go see. See how oh, that works. Good. good. Exactly. Yes. Anyway, folks can hear Phil Lerness on the Chilpack Hollywood Hour with Dean Haglin and also the L.A. Breakfast Club on the air. Yes, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club on the air. That's a little bit of a uh, a, a, a love letter. To me, to me, it's to me. <laughs> it's a love letter from me to me. I've been in lockdown quite a while. And you focus on the things you love in lockdown. Yeah. So a lot of letters that I've written, dear <laughs> Phil, uh, just touching base. All right. Uh, no, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club on the air is, uh, perhaps has a, a more limited appeal than Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, which Dean and I have been doing for uh, 13 years now. But uh, but the Breakfast Club is a, almost a hundred year old organization, a, really a cornerstone pillar uh, responsible for making Los Angeles into the major city that it is. And uh, we explore that history and the present-day happenings, and both the historic and present-day colorful characters that comprise the one and only democracy of ham and eggs. You've been there. You know there really isn't uh, anything like it unless you've seen a production of A Prairie Home Companion directed by David Lynch. That and, would be pretty And, and with breakfast being served, which I don't think they ever did. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's a fantastic uh, operation and organization. Been around for years. I enjoy. I've been there a couple times, uh, and enjoyed uh, my visits. You've had this podcast going for a couple of years now, and uh, my question to you, sir, is if you ever have an opening for the announcer, uh, I wouldn't mind stepping in. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you you've been the announcer. Oh. Well, this I have to tell you, this uh, shutdown has not uh, only affected you. Mark, you've always been (laughs) the announcer and the caretaker. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, Phil, I just want to take a few moments. I know you're a busy, busy man. And uh, welcome back to to Succotash as our (laughs) guest. (laughs) It's as if. I never left. It does beg the question, how can we miss you if you won't go away? But you can answer that on a future show. I'll do it. Phil, thanks very much. Continued success with all that you do. Got a brand new sound cast for you by a couple of UCBers. Frank Garcia-Hale and Jeff Garlock called the Canon Canon. No, it's not about the TV series Canon featuring William Conrad as a generously proportioned P.I. that ran from 1971 to 76. Instead, these guys are going to deconstruct every movie that was produced by Canon Films. They kick it off with a deep dive into Death Wish 2 starring Charles Bronson and along for the ride is actor pal Noah Segan. Here's a clip where they get into some of the nit and the grit of that movie. Well, let's get let's get into the biggest problem of this movie, which is the first quarter I think the like, fact that there are three rape scenes that are like also that go on way too long. It is I spit on your grave. It's it really it's, is. It's brutal. It's the it's the biggest. So it's gross. why this one out of all of them. Beyond that, like the second half just becomes kind of a death wish movie. But oh yeah, it's just a little boring. Like it's just more boring than the other ones. Uh, but the first quarter, you have to deal with what you said. Like we, it's not just. He doesn't need to be this overly justified to be him. He, we know he's champing at the bit to shoot people. Right. We already in the first one watched his daughter get assaulted to the point where she's like a mute. And his wife get killed in front of the daughter. And her husband left her. And now in this one, they're like, but also let her get assaulted again. Like she has to get. She has to go through it again. We have to watch the the, the poor housekeeper oh, get a long, so, long assault. So here's the th- fucked up part about that is uh, the actor uh, Silvana uh, Gallardo. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. If she's listening, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, she but is. Uh, it took six days to shoot that. Oh my scene. god! Six days. Lawrence to shoot- Fishburne couldn't get it together. Oh god! Spoilers. Well, he's in that. well the thing is though, because like the actors felt so bad about it that they would cover up. Like sure, the, the the director would uh, yell cut because that those scenes are so fucked up and disturbing. Like I hated watching, like having to sit through. The that. worst part about that particular stat six days is that there was a weekend. <laughs> Probably somewhere in there. Jeez. This is what we so, need as a professional yeah, as a actor. Professional we need actor, this yeah, input because well, I and love they it. Might have been on, they might have been on six day weeks. Who sure. knows? Which is a, a real thing. But uh, uh, I doubt no, they they, they, they shot it her. in a very yeah. I forgot like the actual shoot. Like it was like I think a month and a half. I don't mm-hmm. know. And she said it was like grueling. Like to have to. It's <sighs> like of course because it's so fucking disturbing. Right. And then it's just so gross with the daughter in that scene, and then uh, followed well, by sh- her just jumping out of the window. And she gets assaulted, so that 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 woman gets assaulted very long. Yeah, and then the daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah, she's already a mute. <laughs> like she gets brought to somewhere, gets assaulted again, escapes, jumps out a window, lands on a spiked fence, 
And then you're like, ugh, at least all the assaults are done. Nope. Nah, let's shove one more in. Get a poor woman, like, in a in a parking garage and still get her half naked. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's like the, oh, that's where, to me, that's Michael Winner. Like, it's just like, yeah. dude. Who was it that said, uh, was it? Somebody had said like, "Oh, this movie was just so that he th- those scenes were so uh, repugnant. He just did that to get his rocks off." Or right, was it? yeah, I forgot who. Which said feels, that. and he was just like, "I don't know. It's just another one. It's the same thing as we did in Death Wish One. Like he's just like so blasé about it all. Whenever he talks about it, uh, but it's just hard to get through those. They're yeah. very. They're- Do you think there's a chance that and, and and just like I'm thinking to myself, how mentally and spiritually, emotionally damaged Paul Kersey is, mm-hmm. Bronson's character, do you think that there's a possibility that these... That, that that's what those moments were designed to do? Considering there are at least 46 more films in the canon canon, these guys are going to be kept busy for about a year if they drop one episode a week. We round out this first episode of our fourth season of Succotash with not just a personal favorite, but one of the only soundcasts around that actually likes having me on as a guest, Monster Party. Featuring a quartet of hosts, including comedian, writer, longtime friend of the Tash, and a personal pal of mine, Matt Weinhold, as well as Sean Sheridan, Larry Stroth, and James Gonis, fine gentlemen all. This show was born out of the host's love for all things horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and all-around nerdtastical, conceived when they sat around drinking in a shared hotel room at the San Diego Comic-Con many years ago. It's that same kind of discussion, but in soundcast form. Episodes can run two to three hours, usually with a guest, where they proceed to drink and discuss movies and TV shows around various themes. I recently was invited back for my second visit, this time via Zoom, thanks to COVID-19, and the theme was hexes, spells, and curses. Here's how part of that went. I'm going to go with something more uh, more modern, but is loaded with magic, is uh, Doctor Strange. Hey! Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 2016, and uh, it's just loaded with magic and spells and everything you can imagine in terms of uh, how mm-hmm. you bring magic to the modern screen. Yeah, and especially that kind of Steve Ditko 60s, 70s look and color of, from the comic book. I thought they yeah. did a good job of translating that to the screen. Yeah, and they just I they do a great job making this world of magic, everything from the, you know, the cloak that just sort of floats yeah. on its own. I mean, they talk about using CGI in just a perfect... Perfect in a, way. In a smart way. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I mean, it's superimposed. It's subtle, you know, where it needs to be. It's obvious where it needs to be. And just, I mean, the scenes where they're they're running and doing that inception effect with the city yeah. turning in on itself and all yeah. of that stuff. Really uh, cool. Yeah, very effective movie, I thought. I do love the hand gesture magic things that they do, the little, the weird halos. Yeah. yeah. Which are like right from the comic. Yes, totally, the magic totally. shields and stuff. Yeah, and to stuff. see that stuff come to life. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And I like the stuff that they end up doing with his character in the you know the Avengers films lately, like Endgame and Infinity Wars. When you see him in action, you know. Yeah. yeah. I wish so he'd be a little less funny. That's my only. Yeah, criticism. yeah, yeah. It's almost like he—he's a character that could have almost could have been the straight man, you know, to the you know to the comic. Like he didn't. You're right. He didn't need to be 
doing the, the one-liners really. He, he right. could have and been he could have I mean, been more of a Vincent Price kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But well, still, I, yeah, and they gave him the uh, I forget the actor's name, but the the guy that was a monk who kind of has all the kind of funny lines. Yeah, who like, in, yeah, he's in everything. By the way, that guy. They could have made him the kind of comic relief guy, right? And Cumberbatch's American accent is funny because it's not very flexible. And there's some, there's a few (laughs) scenes in there where you you can definitely hear him pushing to try try and try and make that work. Uh, It's pretty funny. Yeah, Yeah. he's got a great voice. I mean, I love that. Oh, it's terrific. It kind of adds, I think, to it. Visually, he's perfect for it. Oh, he's great. He's great. Anyway, so that's. I mean, that's that's one of the best modern Uh, kind of. How does Benedict work? Wong? Yeah, Benedict yes, Wong. Yes, yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's good. Stuff. And a good double feature would be Doctor Mordred. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Combs. written by our nice. friend C. Courtney Joyner. Nice, starring Jeffrey Combs, friend of the show. And I think the idea was to make a Doctor Strange movie at one time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they had trouble with the rights, but that's a really fun movie mm-hmm. and it moves right along. I think the effects for the limited budget. Yeah, for the full, you know, Empire or Full Moon Productions, yeah, I, low budget. Yeah. I and think Jeffrey Combs is great. Yeah. yeah, he is great. And what I like, too, is the idea that, you know, you got this magician living down the hall from you. like what's what's his deal you know (laughs) i love there's some great stop motion and it's just a lot of fun that's a smidgen of monster party which you can get at monsterparty.com spotify apple Podcasts, google play and so many more outlets you'll just have to poke around on your own and that's it the first episode of the new season of succotash shut-in is complete Here's hoping you enjoy your new shorter format and that you'll take the time to check out some, if not all, of the soundcasts we've sampled for you here. And same as before, if you are a comedy soundcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, you can take the initiative and upload a three to five minute swatch of your program directly to us by going to Hightail.com slash you, that's the letter U, slash Succotash, and we'll get it right here. We're looking for a nice sponsor or two to help us offset the cost of production and streaming Succotash. So if you know of anyone or are anyone who is interested, please contact me directly at M-A-R-C, that's Mark, at SuccotashShow.com. We will also likely be putting our PayPal donation button back up soon, a link to our Succotashery for some merch, and maybe even a Patreon page in the very near future. In lieu of donations, and until we meet again, I will remind you to tell your friends about us by simply passing the Succotash. Good bye. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, Trumpoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash u slash Succotash. 
Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.